Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the OTL Layup Line. I'm your host, Nolan Russell. This week, Nate's off, so I brought in a guest host, Curtis Martin. Fans of the Blue Jays away may be familiar with him. It's about time. It's been too long. I mean, you know, this podcast has been going on for so long, and I haven't even gotten an invite yet, so I'm glad to finally, you know, be on and talk some basketball. Yeah, you're our second guest now, so we haven't had a lot of guests. we got to start doing that a little bit more. So happy to have you on, though. So. I guess today's we're just going to pretty much recap everything that's been going on in the uh, NBA offseason with the the draft and free agency, all the trades and everything. A lot of updates that we got to get into really. So I'm excited to talk about it with you. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I guess we can start off with the the NBA draft. Any big takeaways from you? I well, I'm a Raptors fan, so I've been following the Raptors angle a lot and I think personally I was kind of shocked about the Scotty Barnes selection at number 4. I th- totally fought they're gonna go with Jalen Suggs and uh I personally think they should have gone with him like no offense to Malachi Flynn who I think is a a good point guard but I think Jalen Suggs at least in my opinion besides uh Jalen Green was the best guard in this draft by far at least the second best guard in the draft and I think you know when you look at the Raptors front court with you know Birch now you have OG you have Boucher you have the big guy Siakam like it seems like they're pretty set in the front court and not saying that Scotty Barnes isn't you know going to be a good player we just had to look at his first summer league game he tore it up but I just personally thought they needed more help in the shooting guard position you know point guard position but I don't know I don't think it's a terrible selection I'm just you know kind of surprised but I mean I'm sure if I'm an Orlando Magic fan, I'm pretty happy with uh, Jalen Suggs at number five. Yeah, I was fully expecting to get into this right away. Uh, that was definitely the first shock of the night. Definitely not the last, though. Uh, I think of all the drafts that I've really paid close attention to, which is really only like the last three or four, this was definitely the most surprising to me. A lot of picks uh, took me off guard. Um, that was the first one. I'm not like I'm not really that upset with it uh, from like the Raptors' perspective. I kind of get it. I wonder if if they talked with Suggs and maybe he was just not that interested in playing in Toronto, like that's something that could possibly be on the table here. Like, I don't know what kind of behind the scenes uh, stuff might've led into this pick. I don't know. Barnes is definitely a very Toronto Raptors kind of guy, but they already really have, you know, Siakam and OG are kind of really in his, his mold already. So it seems a little unnecessary. I don't know. Maybe Siakam is going to get traded or something or that they're, they might just be trying to come up with some like insane uh, defensive lineup where everyone can kind of guard multiple positions and go with a, they can play OG at shooting guard if they really need to, and just go with a bigger lineup where all these guys can sort of run a lot of different lineups. I mean, Scotty Barnes played a lot of point guard in college, but I don't think he's going to do that in the NBA. He's just not developed enough in those areas to really play that kind of role. But I think Barnes is a good pick just doesn't, seem like the best fit for the Raptors current roster but it's it's interesting for sure I think it's a four years down the line pick almost I think that you know right now it doesn't make a lot of sense but I think it's safe to say that the rumor mill besides you know maybe Lillard Siakam's been the biggest name that hasn't gone traded yet that all the big names you know in uh, NBA Twitter have been talking about how Siakam's name's been out there like apparently Golden State Clippers and there's another team were all said that they were very intrigued at the possibility of getting Siakam. I mean, why wouldn't you be Siakam? Like despite him having a rough last season, which at least me personally, I think we can chalk up to 
they played in Tampa for the whole year. You know, they didn't play at home, which is really tough on the guys. I think we could see that, you know, not to get too much into other sports, but the Blue Jays really benefited from getting back to, you know, their home, basically. But I just think that Raptors fans need to give Siakam another year. Like, he really hasn't had a chance to be the number one guy yet. Like, the only year and a half he's really had that opportunity get pandemic affected both seasons in some way. And sure, you can point at the bubble and say that he played bad in the bubble. But then we can also point to what LeBron did uh, this past season with the Lakers. You know, I think in past years, LeBron carries the Lakers into a playoff spot and, you know, farther in the playoffs. But this year, you know, he just couldn't do it. Hence, you know, we'll get into later some of the other moves they made to bolster that roster around him. But I just think that we... We got to be patient with Siakam, but I do think that, you know, them selecting Scotty Barnes makes it seem very like prevalent that in the next year or two, Siakam's gone. Like, I don't know whether that's in free agency or whether that's, you know, a trade, but I, I think, you know, it's on the table from the leave now with Scotty Barnes now, at least in the system. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I suspect the Raptors at least tried to trade down with the Magic to see how they, how interested they'd be in maybe swapping picks. But I honestly think Orlando wanted Barnes more than they wanted Suggs. So I think that was really not even on the table for the Raptors. I think both teams wanted Barnes more than Suggs for whatever reason. I mean, it makes sense from Orlando's perspective in the sense that they already had two rookie point guards from last year. So it's not really that ideal to throw another young point guard into that group. So I think they were like all reports were that they were very high on Scotty Barnes. So I think the Raptors probably wanted to trade down and couldn't. They kind of just went with the guy that they wanted more in Scotty. They're maybe looking two, three years down the line, like you kind of said. Maybe Siakam is on the way out in the future. Or maybe they're going to try to find a way to throw all these guys out there in a in a lineup together where I think you could theoretically have OG Siakam and Barnes on the court at the same time because they're all versatile enough. I think the other thing that we have to think about is Chris Boucher, at least in my opinion, really stood out last year as a player to watch moving forward. And then the organization goes out and gets another, you know, I don't want to say Scotty Barnes is a, you know, a Boucher too, because I think Scotty Barnes has better upside than Boucher does. But, you know, they kind of do similar things. They kind of have similar builds. You know, they're they're kind of, like you said, like a lot of the guys in that front court, like the, the Raptors have an image of what they want their power forward and small forward to be. And you just got to look at OG. You just got to look at Siakam. You just got to look at, you know, Scotty Barnes. You got to look at Boucher, like all of them who, you know, it's going to be tough because like, I know like it's nice to have a deep bench. And that's one of the main reasons why the Raptors won their chip was because they just had, they could roll their bench. But like, how are you going to find time for all these guys? Like, are I get, like you said, maybe one of them pumps up to shooting guard. And I guess you give a, uh, Gary Trent some a little bit of a time off, but like I just doesn't make much sense to me. Then okay, but then if you do that, what happens to Malachi Flynn? Like, is he kind of getting rejected to being like you know the like ninth, tenth guy in the rotation? It's very interesting, at least. And you know, this is just only one pick. Like, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Scotty Barnes. I doubt it though. Maybe he starts for a couple weeks in the G League or something like that. But. It just seems really weird to me that they wouldn't either A, trade down, or maybe they couldn't, which is always Yeah, I don't think trading down was an option on the table because I think Orlando was dead set on taking Barnes. And if, if the Raptors really wanted Barnes, I don't think that there was a chance of getting him. But 
I don't know. I, I wonder how much Malachi Flynn plays into this too. Cause I've been impressed with him in the brief glimpses we've seen from him and he's looked really good in summer league so far. So maybe they're just like really excited about Flynn's potential and we're just not that gung ho about adding another guy into their backcourt. But then they go out and draft two guards in the second round, which is, yeah, I, I, I know it's the second round, but like more like role player kind of guys though, that they took in those selections anyways. So I don't know. I guess Banton, Banton especially is very much like a long-term kind of guy. He's not he's not really there yet, but the upside is kind of interesting with him. But, you know, since you are the draft guru, I kind of want to, I'm going to take over hosting duty for a second, a second to ask you a question. Who do you think is your biggest sleeper of this draft? Like, you know, someone that went maybe in the back half of the draft that you really like personally, that kind of fell or, you know, just... No one's really realized, at least in your opinion, his potential. I think there's a lot of really good second round picks here. Uh, a lot of good late first round picks as well. But the one that really stands out is Sharif Cooper going 48. That's crazy. Like, this is a guy that was getting a lot of lottery buzz and he fell all the way to 48. I don't really understand it at all. It's such a steal. Kind of unfortunate that it was Atlanta that got him because they already have Trey Young and... I mean, Sharif Cooper, I mean, my, my comparison for Cooper in my, my draft article was Trey Young without the shooting. That's basically what he is. So I don't think it's a great fit for him going to Atlanta, but I mean, maybe he can learn from Trey and, and develop there, but still getting him at 48 is such a steal. That was, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Once it gets in, you're the draft guy. Once it gets into the second round for me, I kind of like, I don't know what's going on and I don't know really the players, but I think also, you know, looking at the Raptors, as I mentioned, drafting two guards in uh, David Johnson and Delano Banton, 46 and 47. And, you know, they passed up on uh, Sharif Cooper, who you already mentioned. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't even notice that right after their two picks. Yeah. Who do, what did you think about uh, those selections? I don't know. Neither one really stand out. Is that interesting to me? I think David Johnson is, is going to be a really solid role player if he develops properly. He's kind of just someone that is okay at everything. Like, there's not really a lot of flaws in his game. He, he can defend pretty well. He can shoot kind of. He can pass a little bit. He's just solid, like an Alex Caruso kind of guy maybe at best. So not a bad guy to have at the back end of your rotation, but he's not going to provide all that much. And then Banton is kind of the opposite of someone that's just very raw at the moment. He's got this weird lanky build as a kind of, point guard shooting guard sort of guy but he's got these long arms super skinny he shows flashes of potential but he's just so raw right now i don't know what you're going to expect from him in the first two three years of his career but maybe somewhere down the line it pans out so i don't know neither one really stood out as great picks but toronto has one of the best development programs i guess you would call it of any nba team they seem to always have their their young players end up panning out pretty well so maybe taking a high upside gamble like Banton isn't necessarily the worst thing so we'll see how it works out for them yeah I don't know if you had anything else or if you wanted to move on with draft because I think for me like the main thing that stood to me was Scotty Barnes going for a little bit of a shock to me because I was going to pull up your uh, mock draft but you know for some reason the page is loading right now our mock <laughs> draft was uh was very wrong <laughs> <laughs> We don't, we, 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 we don't have to mention that. We don't have to talk about it. 
we don't it have to... of, it started off with uh with barnes going forth and then from there it was just a mess like nothing was right pretty much so so biggest surprise of the draft for me though was josh primo getting picked 12th the canadian guy so love to see him getting picked as high as he was but this is someone that uh most people viewed as a second round pick so him going all the way at 12 was shocking uh <laughs> i don't know it's a very spurs thing to do though to go after the youngest guy in the draft that you know, was pretty much like the fourth or fifth best player on his college team, but has, you know, some upside because he's the youngest guy in the draft and he's already really good defensively. I don't know. It, it was odd to take him 12th overall when there's there's so many guys that have shown a lot more at this stage of their career, but it's very Spurs kind of move to just take a kind of a random pick. Yeah, then also a um, note, Isaiah Todd in the, I'm pretty sure he was drafted in the second round. Is the first player to be drafted from the NBA G League Ignite team, which is, you know, something to keep note on going in the future. So, well, you know, technically he's not the first because Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga were also picked. Oh, right. Jalen Green. Yeah. Well, th- it was, overall. it was the, the same draft. Like it's the first yeah, draft yeah. where people were selected from that team, which I don't know. I don't, th- I don't know if you guys have talked about it on the podcast, but. I think it's a really interesting thought to have, you know, kind of like this rookie like G League team where it's just like a bunch of younger guys playing against, you know, basically pros, like guys that are on the verge of being in the NBA. So, or maybe that's a conversation to have, you know, another time, but I like something. It. Especially seeing guys like Green. I mean, Green especially really excelled in the G League. That's part of why I was so high on him. I think being able to play against players uh, of that caliber and, and do really well and hold your own. It's really, really a good uh, indication of how you're going to hold up in the NBA, I think. And you see him, do you see him being in the starting lineup for the Rockets next year? Yeah, for sure. I think Houston is kind of set on just rebuilding at this point, and they're just going to play their young guys as much as possible. Green's looked really good so far in G- in uh, Summer League. He, he put 23 points up in his first game. He was uh, He was hitting some big shots in that game too, so. I'm really liking Jalen Green a lot. In a lot of other drafts, he'd be a possible number one pick. This this draft was just really strong with Cade and him both being a number one caliber prospects in my eyes. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say, but talking kind of a little bit about Summer League and, you know, the one story that I kind of want to quickly tap on before we get into the major, you know, signings and trades that have happened is uh, Leangelo. Leangelo, is that the correct brother? Yeah. I always get the brothers mixed up. Leangelo Ball is kind of making a return to the nba he's he's trying maybe maybe (laughs) he he made a nice uh pass in his uh, summer league debut for you know his brother's team the hornets and i just wanted your thoughts and i I will give my thoughts as well as do you think he actually has a shot of making a roster at all uh i could see him maybe getting signed by the hornets because his brother's on the team and He's okay enough to maybe justify having him as your 14th or 15th guy on the team. <laughs> but I don't see him playing more than like five minutes a game of garbage time. You know, that's that's the best you're going to get from uh, Leangelo Ball, probably. He can shoot well. That's pretty much all he's got going for him, though. He's reasonably big and he can shoot. I don't even think he's good enough to be on an NBA roster personally. I think he's just, there's too many holes in his game, especially defensively. That I, I tried to watch as much of that G League game as possible because I wanted to see, like, oh, maybe, you know, he's 
taking the time to get better, but nope, he's just, he still has a lot of flaws defensively. He can't really play man-to-man defense. He kind of, he kind of struggles at everything besides, you know, he has good offensive ability in the sense that he can find people with some decent passes, which we saw in that game. And he, he shot okay in that game. Like he wasn't like he shot the lights out or anything, but it's definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. But I doubt like, Honestly, at this point, I don't know why he just doesn't go over to Europe and just, you know, play in Europe, man. Like, it's not a bad way to go. Like, you don't need the NBA. Like, not everyone's yeah. good enough to be in the NBA. So just go over and play Euro basketball. And, you know, who knows? Maybe someday you'll win a championship there. Like, who knows? But I just... I think it's I, tough when two of your brothers are in the NBA. Like, I can, I can only imagine just being so close and having both of your brothers in the league, it would just kind of... I don't know. It would hurt. I feel like, but it's like ego, but you also have to realize that like, I know, you know, we're talking about the ball family. So ego is huge, but uh, (laughs) you also have to realize that, you know, your brothers, even before they were drafted, were way more highly touted than you were even coming into college. Like even when um, LaMelo and uh, you know, the both of them, we're like trying to get scouted into going to, you know, college programs. We're way more highly touted than Leangelo. And, you know, there's a lot of great reasons for that. So, you know, just why it was a little side note that I wanted to throw in there, just a little, you know, nugget that I thought was kind of interesting, but yeah, I think before we uh, end off on the draft, just wanted to shout out both the Rockets and the Warriors for having, I think the the best drafts out of all the, all the teams. The Warriors got Kaminga and Moses Moody, who were number six and seven on my board. They got them at, at seven and fourteen. Apparently, uh, at pick seven, like I've heard rumors that they were debating between Kaminga and Moody. Those were the two guys that they wanted, and they ended up getting Moody seven picks later. So they ended up getting both the guys that they wanted, which I think is is really good for them. Moody's, I don't know. I've I've thought Moody was really underrated throughout the entire draft process someone that shoots the ball really well and defends really well, and he's going to fit the Warriors system. Him and Kaminga have both looked really good in summer league as well. So I think great draft for them. And then Houston got Jalen Green, number two, which, uh, you know, that that was kind of expected. I could have made obviously, that pick. Yeah, obviously a great pick for them, but that was uh, kind of just given to them as the number two team. But then they also got Uzman Garuba and Elprin Shingun later on in the draft. I think both of them kind of fell a little bit. They also got Josh Christopher too. So they got four guys that were in my top 30, which I think is, at least in my opinion, that's a, that's a pretty big win for them to get four guys that I believe were first round talents. So I think Houston is set up really nicely coming down in the future. So I, I just wanted to give them some credit. Yeah, well, I mean, when you have all those draft picks that you've been accumulating over the last, I don't know how long, it's good to see a team finally cash them in. Like it's, I don't think there's anything worse as a fan than to be like, okay, we got all these picks. Let's see who they draft. And then it's like, bust, never heard of this guy. Like, who is this guy? Like, you know, so good on them. I mean, the Rockets have always been kind of savvy and, you know, retooling. Like, okay, OKC, yeah, is another team that's always been very savvy with their drafts. And they got KD, Westbrook, and Harden in like back to back to back drafts. I think Ibaka was like the next year too. So just great drafting for them. Um, this year, they kind of, I, I didn't really love the Josh Giddy at number six pick. I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. I'm um, just not as high as him as a lot of people are. But then they also got Trey Mann later on. So that kind of salvaged it. I really like Trey Mann. So 
yeah, OKC, I think, is set up really nicely for the future, too. Yeah, for but sure. I, I, I guess we can uh, segue into the free agency and the trades because there's a lot to talk about with that stuff. I think, first off, we just got to get into all of the, uh, the Lakers stuff because they've kind of been the, the main team active at this point. So let's start off by talking about the Russell Westbrook trade. What are your thoughts on that? they're just making a super team like I, that's literally what my thought was is like oh well i think russell he's never he hasn't had a cast like he's gonna have in la like i mean it's not hard to say that i don't think when you go to a team of lebron ad i think you could say that about anyone like if Kawhi went to that team people would be like well he's never had a cast like this so you know it's me saying that doesn't mean much but it's also true in the sense that but then also you know I think Westbrook's one of those guys where he's not necessarily a great locker room guy. I'm not going to say he's a bad guy, but like, you know, uh, there has been some of his former players that haven't liked playing with him. And also you have to understand that he loves playing with the ball. In this scenario, I see him as the third option on this team if everyone's playing at the exact same time on the floor. So maybe he puts his ego aside and they go into the season knowing that they're like, how are they not the contenders right now? We'll put respect on the Bucks and the Nets because they are still great teams. But like when you add Westbrook to a team with LeBron and AD, it's just ludicrous. Like it's I don't know what else to say. Like obviously they're gonna do good this year. I mean, if they didn't, I don't know what's going on. Like we might be living in the twilight zone if they like happen to fall off a cliff. But yeah, like the only bad thing about this deal is that you know. Like, I've never been a big Cal Kuzma guy, so I'm not even upset about them getting yeah. rid of him. And, like, like there's no downside to this deal besides that they're just going to get older. Like, they have an old roster. But, like, it doesn't I, matter when everyone's good. I think if you were to take, let's say, Westbrook's top 20, top 25 kind of player in the league, I think out of all those guys that you would put in the top 25, Westbrook is probably the worst fit for the Lakers. But he's still such a good player that just being on a team with LeBron and AD, that team's going to be really good. Like, I think it goes without saying, even though I don't think he's a great companion to LeBron James, just the way that they play. I think LeBron likes having guys that can shoot, especially around him guys that are a little bit better off ball can defend really high. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like the exact opposite of what Westbrook is the kind of guys that LeBron typically prefers to play with, but I mean, at the same time, you can always have like Westbrook just play a lot of minutes, not with LeBron too, if you really need to. Like you can always have LeBron, when LeBron sits, you have Westbrook initiate the offense and vice versa. Could you imagine if there's like, okay, LeBron, you're getting up there in age. This is what we're going to do. Half the game you're going to play and then you're <laughs> going to sit the other half of the game and then we're going to put out Russell Westbrook to play the second half of the game. And he's just going to tear it up for you and then we're gonna win the western conference and then you know then play come playoff time you guys can figure it out like it's just it's even more ridiculous than the golden state sorry the golden state warriors at their peak like i'd argue because you know i'm not to dismiss what you know how insane that team was you know having obviously the the splash brothers and then arguably the second best player in the world on your team and Kevin Durant, but plus Draymond Green too. Plus Draymond, you got to give Draymond some credit. <laughs> He's a good player. 
I, I think it's hard to put him in the category when you talk about those three players. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Draymond's a very good player. You know, two-time gold medalist. So I don't know. It's just, do you see anyone contending with them in the West? Yeah, I think I think there's a few teams that can still give them a run for their money. Especially because like every single year at the offseason, you say, oh, LeBron's starting to get older. You know, maybe this is the year he starts to decline. And then he never does. But I, I think last year we started to see him drop off just a little bit. And if that continues trending downwards, plus the fact that both he and Anthony Davis definitely have injury concerns, they're always going to follow them. So I think that that is definitely a concern. What happens if both of them get hurt again, like they did this year? That's always an issue with this uh, core. But at full health, I think they're definitely the, the favorites in the West. But I don't know, Brooklyn, a healthy Brooklyn team could take them down in the finals, I think. And even the Bucks could give them a really good run for their money, too. Yeah, I see. And then, but then also, like, I think my sleeper team in the West this year, which is everyone's gonna be like, how is this a sleeper team? But man, just I, I was watching as much Olympic basketball as I possibly could with my work schedule. And Luca, every time I see that guy play, I'm just like, damn, like he's the heir apparent in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he's just he's so good. Like, I know Giannis is amazing, but like, I think Luca's just there's something about him. Where he's like, hey guys, like like it's like LeBron, where he's like, hey guys, you know, I know all of you are like decent players, but hop on my back and we'll go to an NBA finals. Like I think once LeBron finally retires and the the band breaks up in LA, I think the Mavericks have a really good shot of being like longtime, you know, finals got like consistent finalists in the West for a long time, you know, obviously with that roster. Yeah, they just gave Luca a five-year contract extension too, so they got him long-term now. Now it's time to start giving him some help. So <laughs> I, I don't really love their supporting core that much, but I mean, Luca is Luca is a special talent. I think it's hard to call him underrated because he gets so much hype, but I think he kind of is underrated. There's so many people that just hold uh, his lack of playoff success against him, but it's like he's been in the league three years. And he's led his team to back-to-back game sevens in the first round of the Western Conference. Super stacked Western Conference against a really talented Clippers team. I mean, there's there's not that many guys that have done as much as he has in three seasons. So I, I don't really even understand why people hold that against him that, oh, he's never got out of the first round. Like, if he was in the East, he'd make the conference finals probably most of these seasons. I think what they need is for Kristoff to finally get off his ass and play better. That's what they need. Like, cause that's what they thought. They're like, oh, Christoph Porzingis is going to be like his AD, we'll say, which I don't, not comparing Christoph Porzingis to AD, but you get what I mean. Like yeah. his, his number two, but he, that hasn't worked out. At least in my opinion, it hasn't worked out. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them, but yeah, like, and then the Lakers also get, um, why am I blanking his name right now? I'm trying to think uh, Dwight Howard. Carmelo Anthony. The other oh, big right. one. I forgot about Melo. Yeah. Well, I think, like you said earlier, he's the type of player that plays well with LeBron, like a, a guy that can shoot. You know, he can play off ball, which is nice. And, you know, a guy that has shown, I think maybe this is kind of a being a little bit too harsh on him, but I think he kind of revived his career in Portland. Like, I think before that, a lot of people were, were like, oh, he's a dumpster fire, like a He's barely an NBA player anymore. But I think as soon as he went to Portland and he had other pieces around him, you saw what he could be. And I think that's why it will work in L.A. because 
you know, whether it's Westbrook on the floor or LeBron on the floor or whoever's on the floor, he'll always have someone to pass him the ball. He will always be open for the first time in his career. Like he is like the fourth option of five of all, if all those guys are on the court, he's like number four. And I don't think he can, even when he was with Portland, he, he was still like, what, like the second or third option most times. Yeah. Sometimes fourth, I guess, if they had Nurkic out there when Nurkic was actually healthy, but that was very rare. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how you could criticize the move. Like they're just adding more talent to an already talented roster. I think the the deals that they've signed all these guys to is like such small contracts. I think you can't really complain about any of the moves they made. A lot of one-year deals. So again, they're going to be active next offseason, but that's kind of how they like to, that's kind of how LeBron likes to build his teams. Like, Come here for a season. We'll see how it works out. You can leave or you can come back, depending on how you play this year. At least since he returned to the Cavs, I think that's kind of been his sort of motto. Give me guys that can play for a season. We'll see how it works out. But this team that they've assembled is really strong. Obviously, they're very old with Ariza and Howard and Mello, but I think all those guys can play their role fairly well still. Mello's a good fit as someone that can just shoot and space the floor for their stars so i think it's a good fit for him and for lebron so that's good malik monk and kendrick nunn are also pretty decent additions for the team i don't know how many minutes they're going to get really but both those guys i think are really solid underrated guards that can score pretty well so they're good fits off the bench most likely so i think this lakers team is just really really strong all around well built and obviously you got lebron you got anthony davis you got westbrook so this is a tough team to beat for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> well, we can shift on because like, we basically talked about everything that they've done. And I think the second biggest players in this kind of free agent, you know, CE window, trading window has been the Raptors, obviously. You know, because they've traded away. <laughs> we can talk about this too. Traded away uh, Lowry. will sign trade to the Miami Heat for a guy who doesn't even want to play in Toronto. A a guy who openly does not want to play in Toronto. And despite backpedaling, you know, we know how he feels. He's not going to play in Toronto. I think those words were taken a little bit out of context. I think what he meant was he's, he's getting old. He wants to win a title. He wants to go join a contender. That was kind of what he was trying to say, but it, it came out as like a slight against Toronto specifically. I don't think that was kind of the intent there, but yeah. He, he just wants to win an NBA championship and he doesn't really see that happening anytime soon in Toronto, which I think makes sense. But Yeah. And then they also re-up a bunch of guys that they added, you know, midway through last season, uh, Birch, like I already mentioned, re-signed, uh, Gary Trent Jr. re-signs at an okay number, you know, maybe it's a little bit on the higher end in my opinion, but you know, he, he performed very well with the Raptors last year. So maybe a full year sample size will, Bring me back on the other side to thinking that's a good contract, but I guess because that's your backcourt, right? Is Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, I would guess so. And then Flynn is the main guy off the bench, but they don't really have a lot of other backcourt options at the moment. It doesn't seem like. No, they have like no other backup. No <laughs> other. Like that's yeah. that's it. Like it stops there. Like it's Flynn Pretty and much. then it's, and it's probably it's honestly probably Barnes next. It's like, hey Barnes, why don't you go play shooting guard for a couple minutes? Yeah, maybe OG, maybe Barnes, like either one of them possibly could could run at shooting guard for a little bit. But yeah, like, like it's such a weird team because, you know, obviously I guess we got to take a second to say 
Cal Lowry, the best Raptor of all time. No disputing that. You know, he's leaving. I mean, we could have all seen that coming. He wasn't going to resign. So at least they got, you know, assets for him, which is good. And obviously it's sad to see him go, but it was, it was time. Like last deadline, in my opinion, it was time. They should have made a deal at the deadline. I don't know if there was anyone that was really giving them something that they wanted that badly. So maybe that's why. But yeah, and so now they're kind of, I don't know if this is fair. Maybe you disagree with me. I kind of feel like they're in like mediocrity right now. Like, yeah. I think that, like looking at the roster right now, they, I see them as being like the seventh or eighth seed in a playoffs. Yeah, at best, probably. But I think the encouraging thing about the Raptors specifically, as opposed to a lot of teams that you find in this kind of mediocrity spot, at least the Raptors have a very young core. So even though they're kind of in a strange spot at the moment, they at least have, you know, some clear direction of where they're heading in the future. Yeah, that's very true. I think I also like the re-signing of Birch because it gives them a guy that can actually rebound, which was a huge problem for them last year. They had no one that could really rebound the ball after they lost Gasol and, and Aaron Serge Baines Ibaka. did not pan out at all. <sighs> That's the understatement of the century. See, I liked Baines a lot more than most people until he joined Toronto. And then, like, I don't know what happened. He kind of just sucked. <laughs> he was brutal. He was just not it, man. <laughs> like, I don't know how else <laughs> to put it. He was, just, he, was just, he was just not it. But, like... I don't know. It's kind of weird for the Raptors. Do you, okay, this is my big question because this is the conversation that we've had and we kind of had it a little bit earlier in the podcast so we won't go too long on it, but do you think that they should just trade Siakam? Like, if the package is right, obviously, like they're not going to trade him for nothing. But do you think they should just, you know, kind of, because he's the only piece where I'm like, you know, he doesn't really fit the next phase of what the Raptors are trying to be. Him and maybe Fred, but you want to keep Fred because he's like the, the character guy for the team yeah. and he's a fan favorite. I think... I'm a little bit torn on this. On the one hand, I don't hate the idea of getting rid of Siakam and if the if the price is right. But on the other hand, I think last year was a bit of a down season for him. So his his trade value is probably at a low. Last year was obviously really fluky, I think. So maybe he comes back this year and can increase his trade value a little bit and they can look to deal him at the deadline instead of right now when his, his value is pretty low. But on the other hand, maybe he comes out here and plays relatively the same as he did last year. And his trade value goes down even further. So I don't know. It's definitely something to think about. To me, Siakam has always been someone that is just a really good second or third option. He doesn't really strike me as someone that you can have as your number one option. I think Toronto's kind of running into that problem right now where Van Vliet is really in the same boat. He's a really good second or third guy, but they're kind of using both him and Siakam as their go-to guys. And I don't think either of them are really good enough to be those kind of guys, I don't think. And is that why you think they should go get Damian Lillard? Wow, well, yeah, if he's if he's an option, 100%. Because that would it takes to get Dame though. And what would you be willing to give up for Dame? Well, okay, I thought it would be a lot more until I saw what the Westbrook trade was. But no, nah, there's there's a huge difference. I think Westbrook is viewed by a lot of teams as a negative asset. I think there's a lot of teams that just flat out don't want Westbrook because A his contract is terrible. And B, he's hard to fit into your roster. So Westbrook is just viewed as a negative guy. Like literally the Chris Paul trade was basically, you know, it was Westbrook in a pick for Paul or, or maybe the other way around where Paul in a pick for Westbrook. But like both of those guys at the time were viewed as negative assets because of their contracts. So like, I don't think there was any market for Westbrook at all. Whereas Dame is someone that's still in the prime of his career. His contract's not too bad. But, but how many people need 
like okay anyone could use Dame Lillard yeah but how true. many how many teams like for example the Bucks aren't trading for Dame Lillard probably not but I think you look at the teams in the league I think the Sixers would want him I think the Celtics would want him the Warriors would be interested in him there's a lot of teams I think even Dallas I could see them trying to do something with Luca and him a lot bigger of a market for Dame out there I think it has to start with one of your young forwards like I think it has two to- of them I think you got to give up on a Siakam and OG or a Siakam and Barnes. On top of that, I think Van Vliet has to be included too. And then you're also probably getting into some draft picks. Okay. This is what, this is what I would give up. And I know it might be a little bit like low value, but this is what I would do for Lillard. I'd give up two firsts like this upcoming season and the next. I give up Scotty Barnes and then I would give up Siakam. And that's what I would do. Two firsts. Uh, the fourth overall pick and Siakam for Lillard. I think that's as far as I'd go on a Lillard deal, which is I pretty think they far. Decline that. I think they declined that. But also, like, doesn't he want out? Well, that's the question. I mean, apparently, no. Like, he, he's he's flat out declined. Like, he's he said no. All these rumors are false. Um, but if if that day comes where he does flat out request a trade, then sure, his value definitely plummets a little bit because then the Blazers they just lose some power. So maybe that deal, if Dame flat out wants out, then maybe that deal could go through. But I think at at this stage, I don't see the Blazers making that deal. No, I don't see them making that deal either, but that's, but as the Raptors, how do you give up more than that? And it makes sense. I mean, the Raptors need a number one guy and they don't have one and Dame could be that guy. So I think even if you, let's say they give up Van Vliet, Siakam in a couple of firsts, then you still got, you got Dame and OG and Scotty Barnes as your future right there. I don't know my life. I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah, it's not enough. So I don't know. I don't I don't see the Raptors being the major players for Dame though. I don't think do they're you, one of the teams. Do you see uh, Scotty Barnes is projecting to be, you know, possibly a difference maker at the NBA level? Or do you see him being like a second or third option? Oh, I don't see Barnes ever being a number one guy. But I think he is perfectly primed to be a, a Draymond Green kind of player if everything works out, which would be a really good pairing for Dame, I think, because you could have that same sort of, you know, Draymond Steph kind of chemistry work with a Scotty Barnes Dame kind of thing, where Draymond, you know, what he does well is set screens and come off the roll and, and pass when uh, when defenses like overcommit to Steph because Draymond can just pick you apart with his passing. And that's exactly what Barnes is good at is someone that can just pass the ball really well at his size. So Dame draws a lot of attention, can dish it off to Barnes and then Barnes finds the open guy. I think that could work really well. So like a Dame, Gary Trent, OG Barnes, you know, that's, that's not a bad core. Uh, Is it a championship winning core? No, definitely not. But I think it's a good, uh, it's a good start. Yeah. I just don't think like as much as I would, I'm not going to say that's, not gonna happen because I never saw in a million years the Raptors trading DeRozan for Kawhi. Like I, I, I will, I will live up to the fact that I was like, there's no way that even when the rumors were going on that the Raptors were one of the favorites to get Kawhi, I was like, there's no chance. Like, why would they do that? And you know, surprised me. Yeah, and they they proved me wrong. I want to chip with him. So, yeah. well, like, how much, how much do you think? we'd be talking differently about the Raptors if Kawhi's with the Raptors right now. Like, do you think Lowry's still here? Probably. 
I think, I think the Bach, Raptors might have won back to back if Kawhi returned. I think I think a Bach is still there. Probably, yeah. I think Van Vliet might have had to leave though. I don't know if yeah, they would have had the well, money you, to keep him. You you're, lo- you're losing Van Vliet in free agency for sure. Yeah. But then I guess in that scenario, you have Malachi Flynn to fill his role. Yeah. You'd because probably, you're still, you're, they you're probably, probably would have kept Danny Green too. Yeah. They'd probably be left with Lowry, Green, Kawhi, Ibaka, OG. Siakam. Siakam, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good team. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be pretty gross still. Right. I think Kawhi should have resigned. I think he made a mistake. But, I, I mean, it's hard to say that someone, you know, he – he just wanted to return home. Fair enough. But if championships were his uh, goal, I think he made the wrong call. I think Toronto would have been the path to winning more. I agree. Aside from that, I think we could talk about the Chicago Bulls a little bit because they've made quite a few moves. But aside from them, maybe the Wizards with the whole Westbrook situation. But I think those are really the only other teams that stand out to me as, as making a lot of moves this offseason. What are your thoughts on on the Bulls moves? Especially Alonzo Ball to Chicago. What's what's your thoughts on that? See, I'm one of the few people that, like I like Alonzo. I think I'm higher on Alonzo than a lot of people are in terms of Idol. He's obviously, I think he's a good option on that team. I think they have three good options in a okay East. Like besides, you know, the big two names in the East and the Sixers and now the Heat. I think the Heat got better too, adding Lowry. I think they're right there with them now. I mean, it's it's about time because the last time this team's really looked to compete, at least, well, I mean, you could argue maybe the some of the Derrick Rose years, but I would say it goes back all the way to the 90s when Jordan left. Like, they haven't yeah. really had, you know, a great team since then. Derrick Rose years, they were good. He was good, but... If he was healthy, they would have had a real shot, but they only really had one year where he was fully healthy and they had an actual chance so they're finally taking their shot they got their guy i don't hate it i don't i don't hate it at all i i just don't get the pelicans ever like they just make no sense to me straight up like half the moves they've made since i've become an nba fan i'm like i don't get it it just doesn't make sense to me but you know the pelicans are just going to be the pelicans and i think this is a good trade for the bulls and at that price why wouldn't you do it yeah no i agree i think they're definitely better for making the move and i think it doesn't really hurt them in any way it's it's reasonable price they become a possible playoff team i think they're they're very much in that mix similar area of the toronto raptors i think where they're going to be fighting for a six seven eight seed probably but i could see them finishing as high as fifth maybe they're right in that mix with probably the hawks the knicks the raptors the celtics maybe the hornets maybe the Pacers, like there's a lot of teams that are looking like fringe playoff teams right now. A lot even of mediocre like, teams. Even the Wizards kind of look like a possible fringe playoff team at this point. Uh, they just added Spencer Dinwiddie. They got Kuzma and KCP added in. Obviously Bradley Beal. Hachimura is getting better. They got some young guys like Gafford and Avdia that I kind of like. So even that team is a possible fringe playoff team right now. So it looks like at this point, really the only team in the East that's terrible as the Cavs. I think everyone else has a chance of getting into the playoffs. And, and the oh, Pistons. and the Pistons. Pistons you yeah, forgot the Pistons. Yes, the Pistons, of course. Doing but I, I like the Pistons' future a lot. I mean, oh. I was really high on Killian Hayes the previous draft, and I think him and Cade are, are looking like a really good potential backcourt for the future. So I like that. I like that team three years from now, but right now, yeah, they're terrible. Um, 
everyone else though, aside Pistons and Cavs, I think that's 13 teams that are going to be competing for the playoffs, assuming that they're all healthy. So these could be a little bit of a bloodbath this season. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the I honestly think the reason why this deal gets made is because the Bulls are tired of being, you know, that eighth, seventh team. And I think that they think that this trade puts them into the, you know, the four or five range for a playoff spot, which I mean, I guess time will tell. I still have my doubts about how good the Sixers are, the 76ers. Like they've shown sprints in years of them being great, and then it just all falls apart in other years. So will this year be a year where they fall apart or will this be a year where, you know, they look to contend? I guess we'll have to ask Ben Simmons and whoever else is still there, but well, Ben Simmons is going to be gone. I think for sure. Yeah, I don't see him ever playing another game for Philly, but it's going to have to start with them. They're going to have to lower their opinion on him on the trade market. Cause yeah, some of these the, uh, the, proposed trades are just absurd to me. The, the one with the Raptors. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> like I, I barely want him as it is. That, that, that trade is like, what I was talking about, about the possible return for Dame is basically what they wanted for Simmons. <laughs> for, a point crazy guard, to me. for a point guard that can't shoot. That averaged like nine points per game in, the, in their final playoff series. Hit like 30% from the free throw line. My God. The Pacers trade offer of Malcolm Brogdon in a first round pick. When I heard that, I was like, why did the Sixers not accept that? Like if if they're dead set on getting rid of Simmons, that that is a good trade for them. Brogdon is a great fit for them. He's coming off the best season of his career last year, plus a first round pick from the Pacers, which probably is going to be in the just outside the lottery, maybe even inside the lottery. So, I mean, I think that's a great return for them. And they declined it, and then they went and offered the Simmons to the Raptors for like everything <laughs> i i'm sure messiah hung up halfway on that call like they started hung up the package and he's like okay drop the phone that's enough we don't need to hear your bullshit but yeah that's the one person that i would be very upset if the raptors traded for is ben simmons like i i'm sorry like you could convince me all you want Nolan, but i could never get on the ben simmons train like i just like he's yeah. he's just a, like a mediocre player in my opinion He's very good on defense. I want to give him that at least. But I think he's just been really misused. Like, he's not a point guard. I don't know why he's been playing point guard this whole time. He's not a point guard. <laughs> he is a small forward power forward. He's a Draymond Green playing point guard, basically. <sighs> I mean, at least Draymond could hit over 30% in the free throws, yeah. though. Simmons, like, I don't know what it is about him. He just doesn't have that drive in him. He, he had so much talent coming into the league. He was a number one pick for a reason. Like, this guy can play. He has such natural ability, and it's just sad to see him, like, he's basically just getting worse at this point. I agree. Yeah, and I, the person I feel bad for the most is Joel Embiid because he's just kind of hanging out. He's like, hey, guys, you know, I'd really love for someone else to be good on my team. And Ben Simmons like, you, you know what, man? You got it. You seems like you have everything under control. Why don't you just take care of it? I'll be here. I'll just stand over here and I'll shoot at occasional long range too. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see you. We'll make the playoffs. Don't worry. We'll, we'll be there. But I mean, they were the number one seed this year. Yeah. And they lost to Atlanta somehow. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know how? Because Ben Simmons can't shoot. That's why. Yeah. Ben Simmons really cost them that series. They just they started fouling him like hack a shack style. Like we haven't seen that in, in forever. I mean, like I remember teams were doing it against DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond for a little bit, but like not to the same extent. Atlanta just did it to Ben Simmons. That was brutal. Like 
He was shooting like 30% from the foul line. And then they kept losing by like four or five points after he missed like 12 free throws in the game. I don't know what to make of that team. Like, okay, so let's say Ben Simmons goes back. I don't think he can. I honestly don't. Like Michael. him and Embiid, are, their, their relationship is like unfixable at this point. I have no idea where he's going to go then because I don't know who would want him. Like, like who yeah, wants I don't know. Like, who is like, mm, I need some Ben Simmons right now. Like, the, no one's saying that. That's like, why not, I think they should have taken that Pacers deal. I think that would have been a really good trade for them. Yeah, because I think at this point, they're, they'd be lucky to get a semi-decent prospect and, like, a second-round pick. I don't know. I, I still think bro, uh, that Simmons's value is a little bit higher than that. But, like, I don't know. It's so weird to me. His contract's also Broadway. not good. Yeah, no, it's bad. If we're if, like, if we if we're calling yeah. Westbrook a boat anchor, that guy is the king of boat anchors of a contract. It's a bad contract for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just keep going back to that Indiana trade. I don't know why they didn't take that. Brogdon just averaged twenty-one points last season, six assists, seven assists the previous year. It's a former 50-40-90 guy with the Bucks. He proved that he can be a really good role player. He's good defensively too. He's not Ben Simmons, but he's not bad on that end. Like he's just a good fit for them. This like he's a really good shooter, really good passer. Like I don't I don't know. It's weird to me that they didn't take that trade, especially with the first round pick as the the sweetener on top. But I don't know. They seem to have some kind of inflated opinion on what Ben Simmons's trade value is. Okay, so like since we're talking about it, who what what is your East? Like if you're to predict like one through eight, where do you see the East? Uh, well, I think the first two are easy. It's the Nets and the Bucks are one two for me. I yeah, think the I Nets agree. are. I think the Nets are one, Bucks are two. Probably, yeah. I think, uh, I think Philly's I, probably three, but I it's they're the hardest team to rank at this point because we don't know what their roster is fully going to look like. But I, I personally think the Heat are three. I think the Heat with Lowry, I have the Heat four probably, but Bam I see them three. I'm 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 assuming Bam's going to take more of a step this year, and then also Jimmy Butler, obviously pretty good yeah. team. I think I think Bucks and Nets are one, two, Heat, Hawks. And Sixers are the three to five. Yeah. And then, and then probably Chicago is six. Um, I think Raptors are probably seven. And then like the Celtics are maybe. Like but like, yeah, Boston's a tough team to rank right now, too, because they don't really have a point guard at this point. Well, well I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the show. Like, I don't get the Kemba Walker trade either. It just made no sense to me. He was they just didn't want him. <laughs> they just wanted to get rid of him pretty much. You didn't even play like, bad for them. Yeah, he has a terrible contract, though. He's always injured. I don't know. They just didn't really want him. But is their plan to just start Peyton Pritchard? Like, is that is that who they're going to start? I don't even know. Like, oh, right. They just signed Schroeder. I think that was that happened today, actually. So they do have a point guard, actually. You know what? Then you know, I would probably put Boston at seven with, with Schroeder in there. I think with Schroeder smart and then the Jalen's and Horford at center, I think that's actually a good team. I, I'd maybe even move them up to six. I kind of forgot that they had Schroeder. Because that literally just happened like a few hours ago. I'm surprised no one's taken a shot on J.J. Redick yet. I know he's getting up there in age. but yeah. like, I mean, he just had his worst season of his career last year, too. This is true. But, yeah, I'm kind of surprised someone hasn't signed him. I, mean, I guess, okay, so now we got our top seven. And I guess the Raptors are eight. Is that that's who you would put at eight, then? I see. I think, yeah, the Raptors got to be seven or eight. Probably, but I think there's there's teams that could knock them out. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think the, we haven't even talked about the Knicks, and they were the four seed last year. 
and they well no well you in said theory the... the Knicks have gotten better but I just think last year was kind of a fluke. Well, didn't you say that you thought four, five, six was like Knicks one one combination? No, I had of... Hawks, Hawks, Hawks Knicks. Yeah, and... I had a three, four, five was Hawks, Heat, and Sixers, and then six, seven are are Celtics and Bulls, I think. And I think the eight is probably the Knicks or the Raptors. I think, well, I don't think the Raptors make the playoffs then because I think the Knicks are better than the Raptors right now. Probably. But I think Toronto could surprise people this year. I don't think if, they're that if bad. If Siakam plays any level better than he did last year, they're a playoff team. They should be a playoff team looking at their team. I... And if they stay healthy, because that's the other problem too the last couple of years is they haven't been able to stay healthy at all. Yeah, that, that's an issue, obviously. And there's also the Pacers. I don't even want to sleep on the Pacers. I don't think they're that bad either. They and we haven't even the, we have Wizards even could make a push. Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards are not that bad, and the Hornets aren't that bad either. So that's that's thirteen. No, like that's twelve teams. You know what? You know who we forgot when we talked about the crappy teams? The Orlando Magic. They're they're crap too. <laughs> they're like okay. There's like crap, and they're like just above crap. I think they might be worse than the Pistons at this point. Really. I mean, like, think about it, though. Their their best players were Fournier, Vucevic, Gordon, and they got rid of all of them. And now they're just left with a bunch of rookies and second-year guys. And Jonathan Isaac. Like, that's their that's their number one guy at this point is Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a pretty bad team. <laughs> pretty bad. I mean, Jalen Suggs, we'll see how that pans out for them. I mean, that's the only upside for Jalen Suggs about going to Orlando is he's going to be, like, the guy, basically, from the jump. Yeah, but the problem is, like, Cole Anthony was kind of developing into that guy from them last year. And I don't think Anthony and Suggs are going to fit well at all. Like, I think that's a terrible fit. So one of them has to go, in my opinion. And it's, it's probably not going to be Suggs. So I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if Cole Anthony gets dealt at some point. But yeah, the Magic, the Magic's roster is kind of a disaster, you know? It was like, it is kind of like the Hornets a couple of years ago where they just had like seven point guards. Yeah. And you're like, why do you need all these guys like trade one of them do something yeah. don't draft I mean, you can't another... blame orlando for taking Suggs when he fell to them but at the same time it's like that was the worst possible option for them at five i think they would have much rather had barnes probably yeah i agree but i think we've covered it all really yeah pretty anything much else you want to touch on no no i think we pretty much covered everything that's major i mean unless you want to quickly talk about the stuff deal but that's you know the he's what? making the, oh, like the, the Steph, contract, yeah. Yeah, the Steph Curly like contract, the signing. But that is just like he's making big money because he's one of the best point guards in the league. Because he should be. <laughs> yeah. Same with Luca. Like yeah, they're, they're making, making a lot of money, but like you can't they, blame the teams for giving them that. You have to. Yeah, you kind of have to, or someone else will eventually. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I think we've we've covered it all. So thank you for joining me for this one. Yeah, no worries. I I enjoyed this, man. Like I've been I've been so like deep into baseball this summer that like it's nice to like take a step back and do something else besides talk about baseball on a podcast. So you know, well, I'm sure I'll be back. We'll come when does the season start? Middle of October. Or nineteenth. Yeah. The All Star Games in 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 uh, in Cleveland this year. <laughs> Will they even have a single All Star? Cleveland? No, definitely not. Well, Sexton might, maybe because they. Nah, I don't. Th- I don't see it happening. Well, like just because of the host. I don't even know like... if Sexton's gonna stay with the Cavs. 
I, I could see him getting traded. Apparently, their front office has said that they prefer Garland over Sexton, and they don't know how, how much they think the two of them can mesh together. Maybe you're more of the young player guy, but I kind of higher on Sexton personally. I Yeah, I mean, Sexton's not my kind of player. I don't like those guys that just are, they score and they don't really do anything else. They're just ball-dominant scores. I, I actually, I think I'm higher on Garland personally. But I don't think I don't think either one's gonna save the Cavs. <laughs> Their well, team is a disaster right now, pretty much. Isn't it sad that like basically the only time that team hasn't been a disaster is when LeBron has been on that team? Yeah, pretty much. Aside from like a small run in the eighties when they, they were pretty good with like Mark Price. Yeah, when and Brad uh, Doherty. When Jordan made that shot. Yeah. They they were pretty good for a few years, but they just couldn't beat. I mean, the East was so good at that time. Like the one time the East has actually been really good when Bulls, Pistons, Celtics, Sixers, Bucks, all these teams were really good and the Cavs just couldn't like get through the same with like the Hawks with Wilkins. And when the Cavs were good, uh, Larry Bird was still in the league and the Celtics were pretty yeah. good. So they just couldn't beat those teams in the eighties. And then Doherty and Price both got like hurt in the early nineties. So they only really had like a three to five year run. I just feel bad for the city of Cleveland because they always seem like to get the dog shit teams. Like the Browns are good now, but like the Browns have been terrible for forever. And then yeah. like the, the Indians now hold the record for the one team who hasn't won a World Series in like are over they still years. called the Indians? Did they or, well, the, they're the they're the Guardians now. The Guardians. They're, they're technically the Cleveland baseball team this year until next year. Then they officially changed to the Guardians. It's not the worst team name, I think. The Clippers is still the worst. <laughs> what even is a Clipper? Isn't it like a sailboat or something? I think it is a sailboat. Pretty sure. Behind the name Clippers, NBA.com. Yeah, it's it's a type of ship. You are correct. Right. Dumb name. A contest decided on Clippers because the city was known for for the great sailing ships that passed through San Diego Bay when the Clippers moved to Los Angeles in. 1984. They kept yeah, their they name. were San Diego. Yeah, like the Lakers is kind of an interesting one because they got that name because they were originally in Minnesota and Minnesota has like a lot of lakes and then they moved to Los Angeles that doesn't have any lakes and they just kept the name. I had no idea that Buffalo had a professional NBA. They had an NBA Yeah, team Buffalo in the 70s. Braves back in the 70s with uh, Bob McAdoo MVP. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's another franchise that I feel bad for. Clippers. Yeah, it's like okay, it's like any like. But they second... should be better than they are. Like every year, it, that's like the same thing. Like all the, the way the, back to the Lob City era. Just it's constant underachieving. It's not just them. It's any B team in a big market, like and any sport. Like let's go to New York, the Mets. Like the yeah. Mets could have been good so many times, but they always squander it. And they're always like the little brother to the Yankees. Like, let's be honest. If you're walking around this, the city, you're not seeing, oh, look, there's a bunch of guys wearing Mets hats. Like, no, that's not what it is. It's, it's like the only person that wears Mets hats are Jane, Jerry Seinfeld. And that's it. I think the Mets are like, they have like that one area that's all Mets fans. Like Long Island area, I think, is all Mets fans. And then the entire rest of the state is Yankees fans. Hey, I mean, I guess if it works for them. Yeah. Anyways, I guess because we got yeah, all the topics from... been going on around random stuff now. <laughs> this is 
Uh, you should leave all of this in. Just all of this random crap about how we just went on a tangent from Cleveland being a terrible sports city, like in terms of their teams, the fans are fine. Not trying to come after the, what are they even called? Ohioans? Ohioans? Yeah, maybe. Something like that. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I'm sorry, all your teams have been garbage. Hopefully, maybe Baker Mayfield wins a playoff game or more than one playoff game for you. But, like, that's your only hope at this point because the Indians are terrible and the Cavs are absolute garbage. So, have fun. The Indians are terrible? I don't follow baseball at all. But Well, they're, like, they're they're not great. Yeah. They made like, the World Series not that long ago, though, right? Yeah, 2016. And then they traded their best player to the Mets mm. this offseason. They still have Jose Ramirez, but we'll see how for how much longer. They trade away all the good pitchers too. Yeah, or they, so they're bad. Okay. <laughs> they're they're like they're like mediocre in a very bad American league. Like the top of the American League is really good, and the bottom is really bad. Yeah. Like but anyways, we digress. Yeah. All right. I think I think it's time to end this. We're just kind of going under random topics at this point. So, uh, thanks for uh, joining the podcast. Uh, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, cmartin2292 and cmartin3876. Um, you know, as Nolan already mentioned, I have a podcast with Tyler Brosick. It's called the Blue Jays Way Podcast. It comes out basically every week unless something happens to one of us and we can't find a replacement. We've been going for... I think we determined last week's episode 20 weeks straight with no breaks. So, you know, I guess shout out to us. Go go check it out if you're a baseball fan. Other than that, you know, go check out all the NBA articles that Nolan and the great basketball team have been writing on the site. And that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Well, it was great having you on. Uh, I'd love to have you on again when we uh, actually have Nate here too. And we can have a oh, you, you thought this was going to be more of a rambling you know, conversation of just like us going in random places. If me and Nate start going, like for anyone who's listening to this podcast, go back and listen to the early, like at the beginning of the pandemic in 2019, me and Nate started just the overline sports podcast. And some of those episodes just went like, we would start on one topic and we'd be in a completely different sport 10 minutes later. Like it just didn't make any sense whatsoever, but you know, it was fun. And who knows, maybe we'll bring it back one day, but yeah yeah it's always fun doing these podcasts honestly i think that's that's pretty much it uh, you know, check out the site i got a few articles covering the draft on there and as curtis mentioned a lot of our basketball writers have been covering stuff we just have quite a few raptors related articles on there a few free agency kind of articles so there's a whole bunch of stuff on there so definitely check that out and with that don't miss your layups